Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Addicts in Recovery. This week, I have brought back Kevin. He is not actually here with me, but he is on the phone, and we are having a phenomenal conversation this week on relationships. I was really quite um, quite inspired by an interview that I had, or that I had listened to from a band, and they they all they talked about was these relationships and and how much the relationships mean to them and it was it was so inspiring to to listen to and that was something that I really wanted to talk about and there was no better person to talk about relationships than the one person that I have in my recovery who's been my friend since basically since day 1 and this is such a good conversation that we have. Um, it's it's so worth listening to. Please, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget we are still doing a fundraiser. We could use all the support that we can get to get all of the message um, that we can out to people who are struggling with addiction and alcoholism. Uh, we have big, very, very big plans in the future and some amazing speakers, and we can't we can't make it happen without your help. So please go to our Facebook page and find our GoFundMe account. It should be right up at the top. Um, you just click on that, and then you can donate. Um, you can donate whatever you can. So everything is appreciated, and I really hope you enjoy the podcast. I know my experience as far as like relationships with other people um i i've kind of always like i i've seen myself behave in this way with other people that i i am nothing unless i am constantly proving myself to someone else mm-hmm. um no matter like i you know i'd overdo it by generosity i would overdo it um like like clearly to the point that it was like harmful to myself and my family Um, uh, just so I could feel good about the way somebody else felt about me. Mm -hmm. Like, um, even, um, at work, you know, like if, if, um, you know, if, if, if I wasn't constantly trying to prove myself at work, I never really felt good, um, about myself. So I, I would like, you know, engage in all these processes where, um, my relationships with other people, if I, I would just, you know, I would, if, if I'm proving myself or overdoing myself, over giving of myself, over, um, trying to get someone else's approval, uh, to where I, you know, felt like, Oh, this person likes me. Um, you know, I didn't feel good about myself. Um, so it kind of got to the point where I felt like I was somebody as long as I was at work or out with friends or out doing, you know, things with other people. Um, and then on my way home, when it was time for me to be alone, I would just slowly come off of that high and become nobody. Mm -hmm. Like, um, where I didn't feel comfortable being myself by myself. Mm. Does that make any sense? No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I would just like, like, you know, I could just literally feel like my soul, like dropping. How, um, I think, I think 
specifically talking about relationships, uh, relationship with relationship with oneself, right? Yeah. Until I started working like on the relationship with myself, I think most of my relationships suffered. Uh huh. I mean, I think by the time I met you, um, you know, because uh, I think most people on here that have listened well, except for where you're at, like, um, know that we've known each other for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pretty, you know, I, I was still fairly new to recovery when I met you. And um, I think just me and you hanging out kind of helped me. You were like the trial relationship guy. <laughs> like I am I'm serious. Like I was just like, you know, I want to feel comfortable about myself around this guy. You know? I'm flattered. And yeah, are you? It's like a scientific experiment. It's like I you know, I I want to be like a real friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And not just like, you know, tr- someone that I'm like overly trying to please to the detriment to myself. You know, because I, I had I had kind kind of come to the 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 um, realization that there was something seriously wrong with my relationships, and it's funny, um, you know, like in AA, which is you know where I met you at, um, it actually talks about you know we find that our relationships are defective, and they've been defective for a long time, because we've been like using drugs as a as a way to connect with other people instead of like our own emotions and feelings and like having them like grow and mature, like normal. Um, so, you know, we've been like really arrested in those areas and, um, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I, I just decided to like seriously start working like with the relationship to, you know, to myself, like, how do I view myself? Mm. Like, it's, it's not about how other people view me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, cause I only seen myself in the reflection of somebody else's eyes. Yeah. If, 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 if I was feeling, you know, crappy about myself or whatever, I would like look at somebody, a friend or whatever, and I would totally see that reflection in their eyes, even though, you know, they weren't, I have no idea what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just made it up. I just made up a story and then just played off of that, you know? So <clears throat> I don't know this whole journey of like self-discovery and, man, I'm still, I'm, I'm still liking that still, you know, I, and I've been in the program for what, five and a half years or something to that effect. Yeah, you've been here like, for a while, man. You've been here for a while. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I just want to quit drinking and drugging, and that's it. <laughs> you know, you know, and um, but there's like you know, little did we know, there's like the rest of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> you which know? is so much more broad than we thought it was initially when we were oh. just wanting to, you know, quit drinking and quit using. Huge, huge. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, I mean, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't have the ability to see that far or to even imagine that far when I was using. Yeah. Like, I this is kind of like it. maybe off topic a little bit, but bear with me. 
I was I went down a rabbit hole watching YouTube videos a while back. It's like so easy for me to do when I'm like <laughs> looking up, a, you know, I'm I'm looking up just one subject and want to just watch it. But then it'll like if, if you don't hit the video you want fast enough, it'll just like flip to another video. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So like pretty soon you're like nine miles off the subject that you were like, you know, watching <clears throat> or looking for. But there was this lady <clears throat> who I watched and it was about. Uh, near-death experiences so I'm like watching this thing and she she had this um, near-death experience where she actually died on an operating table and um, maybe you've seen this one before heard of it but anyway um, this is how she explains it she kind of likened the whole experience um, to when she was alive she literally lived in darkness with one of those like headlamps that we use when we go mountain biking at night or, you know, like me and me and you have a headlamp. Yeah. Um, a headlamp. Yeah. And, um, and she's in this sort of a warehouse room and, um, her entire world was whatever she could see in her headlamp. She would, you know, it was so very dark. She would shine it around. Um, it would shine on all these objects and things like that. And which became like her home and her life, you know, like she knew to go around this corner and this was there, you know, and she memorized all these little things in, in her that were in the, the headlight. And anyway, when she died um, on this operating table, she said that it was like a light switch went on in the warehouse that she didn't even like, wasn't even aware there was a light in the warehouse at all. Cause it was always dark and everything she could see was just within the scope of what her little headlamp would show, mm. which she thought was huge. You know, like she could go around corners and hallways and whatever. And it was, you know, like, but all of a sudden a light went on in this warehouse and she looked up and realized that the warehouse went on forever and ever. <laughs> and there was rows and rows and rows and rooms and rooms and rooms of things on shelves and hallways and alleys and, and, you know, upstairs and downstairs. And she was like, Oh my gosh, you know, like her entire viewpoint just exploded mm-hmm. like with information places she had never gone before, you know, things around corners that she had never looked in. Like, she was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea it was this big. And, um, suddenly, um, you know, they got on the operating table, they got her heart beating again. She got sucked in and the light went off and all of a sudden all she could see was what was in her headlamp again. Mm -hmm. And she's, and I, I, even though that was like a completely, like off topic subject that I was, you know, this, this video I was watching, I was like, Oh my gosh, that is totally relevant to what I've gone through. Um, with the drinking and drugging thing. All, all I wanted to do is stop drinking and drugging. And when I did after a couple of months, the lights started to go on Mm -hmm. and I just realized how small I've been. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I just like all of a sudden there's all these things to do. The world got bigger. I mean, your world got giant. Yeah. My world's like like traveling. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, but so did mine. And all of a sudden I realized that I didn't even know how to treat my friends and have relationships like in a proper way. Right. 
you know, um, you know, like I'm, I'm just learning those hallways and avenues and, you know, uh, realizing that I am not the person that I imagine, you know, that I, I imagine seeing in someone else's eyes, you know, I, I can't tell what they're thinking, you know, and, and, and I don't want to be the guy that gives too much of myself, you know, and, and takes that away from my family or from myself. Like that, you know, I don't want to give them so much that I hurt myself, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, what do I need to prove? You know, I, I need to prove that I'm a better person to myself, you know, and then the, you know, when they see that, you know, they think I'm a great guy, you know, and it, but it's, it's no longer the goal. It's an after effect, you know? I, so, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I, I, you know, as far as like my relationships with other people, I think they've, they've come so far, you know, I, I would say, you know, most of my friends only lasted like a couple of years when I was drinking and drugging. And that was almost most of the time because I had the booze or I had the drugs, mm-hmm. you know, but now, I mean, you know, my friends are lasting a really long time and I can totally see where they'll, they'll last me from, you know, till the, for the rest of my life. Like, I mean, look at me and you, we've known each other quite a while and I'm talking to you and you're in another country. Yeah. You know, normally, you know, normally like, you know, if me and you were friends in the drinking and drug drugging world and you moved to the town next door, I just would never hear from you again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You'd just be gone. (laughs) You know, it's a really good point. Are then you, then you would hear from me again and you'd be suspicious about like, yeah what does he want yeah what do you want from me (laughs) yeah like do i owe him money i'm not sure yeah you know what did i steal from him is this guy talking to me again exactly Uh, it's hilarious um one of the one of the main reasons why it's funny that you say that i was a guinea pig because it was kind of it was kind of like the same it was early on it was definitely you and me versus the world Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as recovery goes and right uh but one of the things that that was biggest for me that that really drew me into into recovery was the thought that humanity existed um because mm-hmm. and i and i've said this before but i always thought humanity and the concept of humanity and people doing good things for other people and and having this kind of social uh uplifting experience was literally for disney movies right and i, I didn't think that it made it anywhere past past a disney movie which i was cynical towards right and And when I got into, even when I like first landed into the confines of a treatment center, I started realizing, um, I started just experiencing that, that people, that what, what humanity really is and how people actually care for each other. And then to get out of that treatment facility. And I still talk to a few of the people that were in that facility. Um, and then to, to be in the real world, you know, in real life situations and, and have to have real life people, um, that help you through real life problems 
it it just shows it just it just showed me so much as as far as humanity does exist and, and good people do exist and those people are worth keeping are worth the effort into keeping around right for sure um and are worth the time to invest in them and are worth the time to have experiences with them because there are so many people in that I've run into in my life that I'm not going to say I, I would never say I would never say a person isn't worth my time. I think that's extremely arrogant to say. Um, but what I, I I've run into so many people that are just not good for me, right? And, and haven't been good for me, and so I need to flourish the connections that I have with people who are good for me, or who have done good for me, right? And and that was something really big that I learned. But then I also was like, how the fuck do I do that? And I'm terrible at it. Some days, some days it's like, it is the me show and the world is fucking about me. And, and, and then I have to, and then I get these moments of whether it's, I'm, you know, miserable or I'm looking at the prices of beer or I all of a sudden get some inspiration from a, a random interview and I have to reel myself back in to realize um, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the life that I have without the relationships that I'm in um, right? and that, I, that I've engaged in. I wouldn't have the support system that I have um, at back at home if I didn't, you know, if, if we didn't engage in this, in this relationship. And, um, I always thought that like vulnerability and relationships were very, uh, were very awkward mm-hmm. at times. Like, how do I, how do I approach this? Because then you can almost, it can almost be misinterpreted. Right. And then you're concerned about how it's interpreted and you're like, right. How, how am I, how am I conveying this message? Am I conveying a message? Should I convey a message? Um, right. But but learning, kind of getting through the the weird awkwardness of it, because there was some, there have been some weird moments, um, and, and veering more into kind of a comfort zone of being in a, a strong relationship with anybody, with like when I had with my girlfriends or, um, or with you and with our other friends. Um, it's amazing the experiences and the, the, the moments that we've had, right? Like going to music festivals and going and <laughs> just hopping on our bikes and riding like 24 miles on a rocky trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that sounds doing, really good actually just doing these crazy things god that was so hard um <laughs> that was so hard just doing these crazy things but having these experiences that i would have never had on you know on my own let alone been right. sober long enough to experience those on my own right exactly and so i yeah man i love the the, the nourishing of, of relationships because it's so vital to have people so vital to have people. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, um, it's, it's so, 
I don't know. It's so substantial um, relationships when you stop drinking and drugging. And uh, I, I mean, if you think about it, our relationships with other people um, are, you know, a huge part of who we are, you know, and um, or or it's a it's a huge you know it's a huge amount of time that we spend that we invest our time in in this world while we're alive, and it, and it matters it, it it really matters, and um, but I I have to say it's been probably one of the most taxing and um and fulfilling um practices of this whole journey like for me Mm -hmm. um, is to, you know, work on my relationships with other people. I mean, it's, I would give it like a good 40% or more, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's just something that I'm, I'm always aware of and I need to be, you know, always aware of it. I mean, that's like, as, as far as like the 12 steps, if you're going through that Avenue, um, you know, there's an entire step just for, uh, you know, cleaning up our side of the street, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and it's completely based around like our relationships with other people and how we've behaved and how we should behave, mm-hmm. you know, and um, yeah, it's, it's important, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, getting someone else's opinion, um, there, there was this, um, it's kind of got, it got to the point for me where, I started like, you know, I, after I, I did, you know, my step work and then of course we continue to do like a lot of that kind of step work <clears throat> where, um, you know, I, I went to go see a therapist just to, to, to find out some extra information about like, you know, why I behave in certain ways around other people. Remember how we talked about mind altering people before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard that, I heard that saying about, you know, um, you know, we don't do mind altering drugs and we don't do mind altering people either. <laughs> I yeah. was like, what? That was so, like so good. revolutionary for me. I was so like, good. I, yeah, I do. Ha- I do have some of those people in my life where they just completely throw me. And, um, and, and instead of learning how to deal with it when they throw me, I want to know why they throw me. Mm. Like, you know, I, I want to like, fix that yeah. <laughs> you know uh how about instead of getting into this this predicament where i'm so sh- you know rattled that i need to know how to get out of it how about you know learning how not to get into that situation in the first place this is really you know? good yeah really yeah good. yeah and that's that's where that's where i went i used to be this um uh I used to, to uh, chair this meeting up in Park City, and it, it was a, a book about. Um, have we already talked about this? I don't mean to be repetitive, but it, it was it was it was kind of based around this book called Living Sober that I like hated. I think mm-hmm. we have talked about this, anyway. Um, but it said things like, um, you know, we learn that you know when we have a toothache, we go to a dentist, and. Um, at first I thought that was really stupid. I was like, of course you do, but I don't know how many years I went around with rotten teeth until they had to be pulled. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. Cause I guess I, I can't afford to go to the dentist. Like I didn't have any money because I was spending it all on booze and, and drugs, you know, uh-huh. it was like not my priority. 
you know? So these things that people think are obvious, like aren't obvious to us all the time, you know, like, and, um, you know, when we needed, uh, when, when, when we're filthy, we, you know, we take a shower and when we, you know, you know, it's just about self care. And if there's something that's really bothering me that I don't really understand why it's bothering me, um, I go to a therapist. If I had a broken arm, I'd go to a doctor, mm-hmm. you know? So I actually went to a therapist and talked with her and, um, um, you know, I, I used to be like, oh my gosh, I'd be so embarrassed to go to a therapist. I can't do that. Like, you know, um, but you know, I can, you know, shoot heroin in front of my kids or, you know, or I can drink <laughs> yeah. and piss myself on the floor, you know, and my, you know, my daughter come in and find like a bunch of empty scope, you know, mouthwash bottles, you know, around my feet. Uh, that, but, but, you know, going into a therapist for some, a little bit of self, you know, healing is embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> what is my problem? That's <laughs> like, let's change up some priorities. Right. Um, but I've kind of like learned a, like, a lot about, about why I react the way I do to some people and, and how to notice those kind of triggering things like around what we call mind altering people, you know? I love that you brought that up. I love that you brought that up because that was the, the next thing that I was going to get at is relationships. Uh, yeah, they're the, the good ones are, are well worth keeping. Uh, but then we got to deal with the bad ones too. Right. And, um, I would honestly and, say, and sometimes it's unclear, like what's, what is it me or them or yeah, the situation or, absolutely. you know, sometimes it's like, you're just not sure. Yeah, you know? I completely agree. I, I would honestly say some of my hardest, some of my hardest times in recovery and the amount of, in, in the amount of time that I've been t- doing this have related to other people. In Absolutely. some in some way, shape, or form, I would say I, I would honestly say a, a majority of them because I can get more discombobulated over a relationship that I am in, whether it's uh, a girl that I am dating or whether it's a friend who just relapsed or whether it's um, I mean it could be anything really, and. Mm-hmm. I, I could get more discombobulated from that than I than sometimes I can just with, you know, life, other life experiences on life's terms. Right. And right. and learning to cope with that is also really fucking hard. <laughs> right. It's like really right. hard, especially when you meet that. And I know you know what I mean when you meet that one person that finds that one ism that you have somewhere deep down in the dark crevice of your soul that they can just shine a spotlight on and make it squirm. Right. And then you're just, you can't, you can't sit still. Like for some reason they just cause all of this anguish and this, this discontent in your life. And you're like wondering what the hell, how this person has so much power over me. Right. Um, And, and yeah, man. And then learning and finding out exactly what that is and going and actually seeking some type of help, which is there's never anything wrong with that. I love the taboo that people have with therapists. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I, I honestly you know, don't get it. You know what, Zach? And 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 to even make it, you know, to feel better about that whole thing or like, you know, ease your mind. There isn't a single truly 
successful human being that I'm aware of, um, at least in my world that I've encountered, that I don't look up to um, as far as either they've met their financial goals or, you know, like, um, uh, you know, I, I don't, just successful people in life that haven't gone to see a therapist from time to time mm-hmm. because they know that they're useful, you know, they're, they're useful and at least someone to talk to that can give you a different point of view. And I don't know about you, but my sponsor isn't always available. He's a human being, he's got a job and he's definitely not a therapist, yeah. you know? Well, actually, I was going to say, actually, my, your sponsor in my case, is. but, but I'm, what I'm saying is like, <laughs> that's funny. He does. He, he actually is a therapist, but like, you know, he has a job with other people, you know? And, um, so being able to allot a time, um, to be able to go in and just say, look, this is on my mind, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm having problems with, with my relationships or my relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. you know, or, or the relationship with myself for that matter, you know, and then just getting like a totally different point of view. Like I went and talked to, talked to this therapist and just said, you know, this is, this is what's going on. This is what's on my mind. And, and she literally just went blah, 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 blah. blah. And I just, and it, I, I was like, Oh my God. Like I never even thought about it like that. <laughs> just completely cleared it up. Sounded like a Charlie <laughs> Brown episode. Wah 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. You know, I just went, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you know, these behaviors come from here. And, you know, so I need to to sort of address this this thing and this thing that things that I just didn't even know were related until, you know, it someone explained it to me. You know, if I want to like learn higher math, I need to go to a math class. Mm. You know, I don't know how to, you know, I, I, I remember explaining it in a way that, um, I said, it's like, I can see the problem. It's like a ball of worms that are like all tied into a big fat gross knot. And I can see the ends of the worms. Like, so like I can, like, I want to untangle it. I can see the little ends of the worms sticking out like the head and the tails, Mm -hmm. but I don't know which tail goes to which head. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know, moving the, the, the problem or the thought away from me or having somebody else take a look from a different perspective. It's obvious to them, you know, Mm, where it's, it's yeah. Where it's not obvious to me. It's too close. You know, it's, I'm just, I'm just looking at it too close up. So yeah, it's helped. That's helped me in my relationships like massively. That's really good, man. That's really good. Um, that's really fucking good. The other thing that, that (laughs) I, I, the, the main thing that I have to consistently work on that I'll admit I've slipped up a bit on is the, the step 10, right. Constantly or consistently taking an inventory, like a daily inventory. Um, yeah, those are easy ones to skip. Yeah, and I've I've started stepping up, started stepping on my land game, and but those that that helps dramatically with relationships too, uh, dramatically, oh, man, because there have been so many times that I've gone to bed upset with someone, and then I I lay in bed and I think about my part in it, and then I realize that uh, I'm just as 
guilty as the as the person that I'm upset with, right? Or I'm just uh, I'm just as much to blame as as right. whoever else I'm upset with, and I wouldn't have known that if I didn't sit and and break that down, right? Sure. Um, and and then you have to, and then you need to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. Because like you know what step ten d- t- tells you basically is that we don't think about it and go, Oh, that was my part. And then we just go on with our lives. Like that's our part. And we acknowledge it and we call that person and we correct it as soon as possible. Because like if, if, if it, you know, if, if you leave a pile of shit in your closet and close the door and you go, wow, that was really gross. I should clean that up. And then you don't, the next time you open up that closet, there's going to be a fucking pile of shit in there. You know, I and, it, and it's this, <laughs> it is, I mean, and that's, you know, we don't let it like sit there and fester. We take care of it. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge it. We know what our part is and we call the person the next day or as soon as possible when we figured out our part and say, look, I apologize for this. You know, is there anything I can do to make this better or to make this right? You good, know, good shit, man. This is really, yeah. really good shit. All right. Uh, well, we're about... <laughs> Uh, poor choice of words there. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're basically, we're basically out of time, man. Um, but I just, I, I'm really happy that this, this call thing worked out. Uh, I, did, I am, I'm impressed. I mean, I'm sitting in a Walmart parking lot in Salt Lake city and you're like, <laughs> what, halfway around the world. Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in some college dorm in London. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that we did this. I, I, I missed doing it so much that it like was painful. Yeah, man. So, I hear you. I, I hear you, bro. So when you call, when you like texted and said, Hey, what are you doing in an hour? I was like, I'm making myself available. This I'm doing this in an hour. 